deacons here at the church. I also help out in the youth ministry. And just God has been doing a work. Just recently, yesterday, he did something amazing. But I, just to be real with you guys, because, you know, your leaders aren't perfect. We go through struggles. We pray. We, you know, we, we make mistakes, too, you know. And um, I've been going through it with school and stuff like that. And I wasn't really being excellent. You know, the Lord calls us to be excellent in everything that we do. And I wasn't keeping up to that standard. And, and eventually, I started to just not care. You know, I had to go through restoration, you know, I thank the Lord for Griselda, wherever she is, but she, you know, helped me through that process. And for my leaders, you know, like Nancy, like Lauren, like Christina, all of them, all the leaders around me just helped me. And it, it, it touches my heart to have leaders like that. But it was more of a, it's not because Cynthia doesn't, you know, do this and doesn't do that. She doesn't do good in what she does. She doesn't, she's not, you know, smart enough or she's not good enough and that's something that people can tell you you're good enough all you all you all they can but if you don't believe it if you don't believe it if you don't take that confidence in yourself you're never you're never going to believe what they say about you and and just recently I got delivered from that you know I said Lord I am good enough I'm good enough to be a wife I'm good enough to be a leader I'm good enough to be a pastor I'm good enough to minister to people and, and that's something that, that is so precious to me. You know, God, you know, we're, we're so quick to pursue other people. We're so quick to pursue, you know, men or men want to pursue women rather. But, you know, God, God pursues you. You know, we don't have to be perfect to be pursued. God pursued you in your dirtiness. He pursued you when you were on a holy. He pursued you in your mess. And if he can do that, then you can pursue him. You know, we, we have to seek the kingdom first. That's what happened last night. I, I just got in my prayer closet and I was so frustrated because I was like, God, just give me an answer. And I'm expecting a, a yes answer. I'm expecting a no. I'm expecting just an answer. And I said, God, just, just tell me. I was so frustrated. Have you ever been frustrated like that? You're just so like, ugh. And, and God said, seek the kingdom. You know, seek the kingdom and everything else will fall in its place. And I, and I was just like, you're right. I've been trying to figure out what Christianity can give to me, what God can give to me. Well, well my life is going to be like this because I'm worshiping. My life is going to be better because I'm praying. Yes, but it's not about me. It's about the kingdom. It's about what God is going to use you to do to go on to his kingdom. And I pray. And I, though I might not be in school right now, though I might not be doing, you know, I'm not on the stage and I'm not leading worship and I'm not doing all these things, God will still use me. And I declare that over my life. I declare that over every one of you guys that are going through struggles that are not good enough, that say they're not good enough. You are good enough. To say that, well, God, God, I'm praying. I'm not getting an answer. Seek the kingdom and you will get an answer. Seek the kingdom and he'll tell you what to do. Seek the kingdom and everything else will follow. In Matthew 6, 33, it's simple. I, everything I just said, it's in, in there. It says, but first seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you whatever you want don't worry baby he's gonna give it to you seek the kingdom he's gonna give it to you you want to you want a new car seek the kingdom and he'll provide a, a transportation seek the kingdom and he's gonna give you your finances so i will seek the kingdom and i pray that you guys will seek the kingdom Lord God, I just thank you, God, for what you're doing in our church. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in our leaders, what you're doing in our people, what you're doing in our city. And I declare, God, that would be a generation that would seek his kingdom first, Lord God, that would seek everything that we are, God, we would put it unto you, that we would seek 
everything that we do, that we will put it onto you, God. So I thank you, God, for what you're doing. I thank you, God, for this service. I thank you, God, for your precious, God, grace and your blood that cover us, Lord. So we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this service today and the rest of the week and the rest of our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can you just say right now, say, Lord, you are good. Come on, tell them, God, you're good. We say it out loud right now, God, you are good. Every voice in this place. Lord, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You sweep me with the living God this morning. And he's a good God. Church, he's a great God. He's an all-powerful God. Oh, oh. Yes, you are. You are. Tell me your words. Tell me your own words. On this first song, we get to tell the Lord He is good. We've sang it before in this church, and we love to sing it. And if you feel yourself starting to move, that's just the Holy Spirit. Look to your neighbor and say, I need some room for the Holy Spirit. Come on. God, you're so good. Yeah. How we sing? I want to scream. Every voice. Yes, I want to scream it out from every mountain top. Your goodness knows no bounds. Your goodness never stops. Your mercy follows me. Your kindness fills my life. Your love amazes me. Every voice. And I'll scream because you are good. And I'll dance because you are good. And I'll shout because you are good. You Come on, sing again. I'll sing. And I'll sing because you are good. And I'll dance because you are good. And I'll shout because you are good. You are good to me. Sing nothing and no one. Nothing and no one comes anywhere close to you. The earth and oceans do only reflect this truth. And in my darkest night, you shine as bright as day. Your love amazes me. Don't say. And I'll sing because you are good And I'll dance because you are good And I'll shout because you are good You are good to me And I'll sing because you are good And I'll dance because you are good And I'll shout Oh, lift up a shout of praise you Lift it up good. in this place So You are good, Lord. With a cry, 
With a cry of praise, my heart will proclaim As you are God, as you are God In the sun, in the sun rain My life celebrates You are God, you are God Oh, lift your voice With a cry of praise my heart will proclaim, will proclaim you are good, you are good in the sun, in the sun rain, my life celebrates, you are good, you are good, and I'll sing because you are good, and I'll dance because you are good and I shout because you are good, you are good to me. And I'll sing because you are good and I'll dance. Oh, you are good and I'll shout. Lift your voice, lift you your voice good. this morning. You we serve good. a good God. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Death is defeated. The chains are broken off. Oh, come on, he's risen. He's risen this morning. Hey. It's your name, Lord. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Church, let's say that Jesus, you are Lord. You're Lord of all. You're Lord of everything. Every knee, every tongue confess. We do it willingly, Lord. We do it willingly. It's your name. It's your name, oh Lord. It's your name. The mountains shake and crumble. That's your name. That's your name. The oceans roar and tumble. And that's your name. And angels will bow. The earth will rejoice, your people cry out. Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name. We're filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh your name that's your name the mountain breaks in glory that's your name that's your name Jesus the creation sings your story oh yeah 
and at your name the angels will bow the earth will rejoice our people cry out Lord of all the earth we shout your name shout your name filling up the skies with endless praise endless praise Yahweh, Yahweh, we love the shout your name, Lord, Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise, Yahweh, Yahweh, we love the shout, shout your name, There is no one like our God. We will praise you, praise you. There's no one. Every voice, let's sing it out this morning. There is no one like our God. We will praise you, praise you. There's no one like our God. We will sing, we will sing. There is no one like our God. We will praise you, praise you. There's no one like our God. Metro Praise International, let's sing it out. There is no one like our God. We will praise you, praise you. There's no one like our God. We will say. Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name. We're filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name. Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name. We're filling up the skies. We'll fill this place with your praise this morning. We say Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name. Lord of all the earth, we shout your name. Shout your name. We're filling out the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh. Shout your name, oh Lord. So, there is no one like our God. We will praise you, praise you. There's no one like our God. We will sing, there is no one like our God. We will praise you. There's no one shown like you, Lord. We will sing. There is no one. Lift your hands. We will praise you. I will praise you, Lord. There's no one like our Jesus. There is no one like our God. We will praise you. Praise you. There's no one like we will sing. 
There is no one. Let your heart sing it out this morning. Praise you. I want your soul sing it out this morning. Yes. There is Almighty God, Almighty Jesus, be lifted high in this place. Be magnified, be glorified, oh Lord. Oh. Let a song come from your heart. Let worship arise from your mouth this morning. Hey, hey. I sing a song of how great our God is. All to you, all to you, Lord. All to you, all to you. Forever. The morning stars, they wept. The morning sun was dead. The Savior of the world was fallen his body on the cross his blood poured out for us the weight of every curse upon him Listen, one final breath. One final breath he gave as heaven looked away. The Son of God was laid in darkness. A battle in the grave. The war on death was waged. The power of hell forever the ground begins to shake a storm was rolled away his perfect love would not be overcome now death where is your sting our resurrected king has rendered you defeated now forever is glorified forever he is lifted high and forever he is risen he is alive he is alive forever and now forever he is glorified Forever he is lifted high Forever he is risen He is alive Oh, sing, the ground begins to shake 
The ground begins to shake A stone was rolled away His perfect love will not be oh, oh sing it out! Now death is your sting Our resurrected King Has rendered you defeated Now forever He is glorified Forever He is lifted high Now forever He is risen alive he is alive he is alive he is alive Perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected King has rendered you defeated. Now forever He is glorified. We sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the Lamb, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the Lamb is overcome. We sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the Lamb is over, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, forever, forever He is glorified. Forever He is lifted high And forever He is risen He is alive
Let the spirit take control right now. Take control. Take control. Overwhelm, overwhelm my soul. Take control. Take control. church let's lift our hands let's lift our hands come on that word is not just for the weary but for his church come on to continue to praise the lord to worship him we receive this morning we receive of your word hallelujah speak to us you speak to your people lord oh, oh. you speak to your people lord give strength you give strength oh God oh you give strength from your spirit God yes Lord yes Lord
Let's all lift up our hands all across this room. The Lord doesn't always come in the shout. He won't always come in the thunder and the lightning. Sometimes he comes as a whisper. And his presence is here. Let him whisper something into your heart this morning. Let him whisper into your ear a word. Hear from the Lord. He wants to speak to each and every one of us. He is not far from us. He is close. Lord, we will be still and know that you are God this morning, that you are in control. And we want to hear your whisper, oh God. worship you Jesus you are good and what you do is good come Lord come like you promised let's sing we sing hallelujah with hands lifted up across this room let's sing this as a congregation this morning to our king we sing hallelujah to you Jesus come on lift up your voices we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the Lamb has overcome. We sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the Lamb has overcome. Come on, we, we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the heavens and the earth. He has overcome this morning. He has overcome sin in the grave. He has overcome sickness, sin and disease. He has overcome. We worship him because there is no one else like him. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our life. He is worthy. There is no one that compares to him. King of kings, Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We sing hallelujah to you, Jesus. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We 
sing hallelujah. Because you have overcome. You have overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah, the Lamb has overcome. Yes, you have, Jesus, you have overcome. You have overcome every obstacle. Jesus, you did what we couldn't do. We bless your name this morning. Be glorified, be exalted. We worship you. And the beauty of your holiness, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. As if you are an overcomer, I want us to lift up our voices. Come on, praise him, praise him. Let's give a shout to our king. Woo! He is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Look to your neighbor say, he is good. Look to your other neighbor say, he's very good. We would like to dismiss the King's Kids at this time. For those that don't know me, my name is uh, Nancy Wyrostek. I'm one of the apostolic elders here. You may be seated at this moment. I'm going to preach the gospel to you out of Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. As the ushers can pass out the elements as people are seated. Revelation 22, 17. How many of you guys know that Jesus is coming back for us? He's coming back for his bride, spotless, blameless, and clean. And if you are in this room and you are not in a right relationship with God, you have either backslid or you've never been born again. You have never said, Jesus, I surrender my all to you. Forgive me of my sin. I want you to listen because this message is for you. Revelation 22, 17. The spirit and the bride say come. Somebody say come. And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. The first part of this verse is talking about how the Holy Spirit and the bride, which is us, the church of Jesus Christ, those who have been bought by his blood, we say, come, Lord Jesus, because we know that he is coming back. And that's why we know there is no one like our God. Jesus stands alone. He promised that he would be back one day. He is alive. He died on the cross for our sins, for yours and mine. He was buried and rose again, and he is alive today. And the spirit and the bride, we as a church, we say, come, Lord Jesus. And what we say to you in this church this morning, if you are not in a right standing with God. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, we say come to you. The Bible says whoever is thirsty, let him come and let him drink of the water of life. If you are spiritually thirsty this morning, Jesus can quench your thirst. The world and all that is in it Every sexual pleasure, every material possession can never quench the thirst that you have on the inside because you were made to be in communion with God, your creator. 
So I charge you this morning, if you are not right with Jesus, if you have not been born again, today is your spiritual birthday. Make today your spiritual birthday and come to Jesus, the giver of the water of life. Rivers of water, he promised, would rise up from within your belly. So if that is you, I want you to pray with me with eyes closed all across this room. Before we even take communion... Because the Bible says for us to not take communion in an unworthy manner. If there is sin in your heart, if there is sin in your life, confess it, repent, get it out. We take communion in this church the first Sunday of every month so that we can remember the Lord. Jesus, search our hearts this morning because we want to be right with you. I pray for every single person in this room who has not been born again by your spirit, that today they will confess you as Lord and Savior. Do what only you can do, Jesus. With man, this is impossible, but with you, all things are possible. Salvation comes from you. Rivers of living water come from you. We will come and drink. We will come and drink of your waters, God, because we are thirsty. We thank you, Jesus, that you died and rose again so that we could live and be forgiven and spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. If you could please stand up with me this morning. We're going to partake of the elements, and I want to encourage you to do it with your husband or wife, friends, whoever you came with. If whole families want to do it together, we're going to partake of this. I will release you to do it as you please as the worship team leads us in song. In Luke chapter 22, verse 14 through 19, it says, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you that we can partake of communion so that we can remember, Lord, what you did for us. We lift up this juice that represents your blood and this wafer that represents your body that was beaten and bruised for us. We thank you. We are grateful that you came to earth, sinless, perfect, 100% man, 100% God, to take our place so that we could be saved. We remember you, Lord, and we are ready for your return. We thank you. Bless the elements. Bless every single person in this room that will partake. Cleanse our hearts, God, if we are not right with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please feel free to do this with your family. You may stand or be seated, and we will join in song in just a moment. The moon and stars, they went. The morning sun was there. The Savior of the world was falling. His body on the cross, His blood poured out for us. The weight of every curse upon him oh, 
final breath he gave As heaven looked away The Son of God was laid in darkness A battle in the grave The war on death was waged The power of hell forever broke The ground begins to shake A stone was rolled away His perfect love could not be overcome Now death, where is your sin? If you have partaken of the elements, if you could please stand up to your feet with me Let's worship the Lord together one more time And close this worship time out As we lift up our voices Jesus, we worship you is glorified forever he is lifted high and forever he is risen he is alive oh come on sing the ground begin to shake the storm come on let's lift up our hands all across this room forever you are glorified oh god for your death, burial, and resurrection. We remember you, Lord, and we thank you for all that you've done for us. I thank you, God, for your goodness. I pray that you bless the rest of this service and the rest of our week, oh God, as we follow close with you in communion with you, Jesus. Not just one Sunday out of the month, God, but commune with you in spirit every day of our life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Please remain standing. Clap it up, clap it up. Please remain standing at this time. If you need prayer for salvation, if when I prayed and after I preached that message, you know you need to get right with God or you want to get discipled, we have prayer workers right here. Pastor Berto and Pastor Griselda will pray with you during the fellowship time after we do the confession of faith. Please, I encourage you, come and get prayer. If you are not right with God or you want to join discipleship, you're saying, I need somebody in my life, a leader, to teach me how to live for God. They will be here to pray with you. And now it's time to recite our confession of faith. If you need a handout, our ushers will give one to you. It's on a piece of paper. So please wave your hand in the air so that they know that you want to read it off the paper. Anybody? We'll take our time. We're not in a hurry. All right, they'll see you if you want it. On the count of three, 
Let's recite this together. The reason why we do this week after week is because this is our Christian worldview. We believe this. We will die upon this as Christians in this world, in our society, who is changing our morality, this, this world that has allowed immorality to come into the church. We will stand on this. This is our Christian worldview. We will confess this until Jesus comes back and until we die. Till the day we die, we will confess this. Amen. So on the count of three, one, two, three, I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Woo! Why don't you guys meet somebody, greet somebody, give somebody a hug this morning. Welcome all of our first-time visitors. If this is your first time here, please raise your hand. 
There you go. There's another. We got so many visitors today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't received one already, please leave your hand raised and one of our ushers will bring you a brochure, give you some information about who we are. Here at Metro Praise, we have two main services. Sundays at 10 a.m. is our family service with the child care provided. And Fridays at 7 p.m., Elevate. Elevate is our Friday youth service uh, from ages 11 to 18 years old. So come on out, teenagers, every Friday. And just a quick announcement, Sunday, July 20th, we got Pastor Glenn Badonsky. Come on. He is an awesome brother in the Lord, going to come out and give us a fresh word. And so we're going to have service at 10 a.m. like normal and then another service at 5 p.m. We're just going to go deep. Somebody say deep. Deep. So make sure you come on out here and uh, make plans to join us. So here at MPI, we have a vision of loving God and loving people, the two greatest commands that Jesus Christ gave us. Everything we do here at MPI is about that. We want to love God and we want to love people. And we do a discipleship strategy here. We don't do membership. We do discipleship, right? And it's threefold, connect, mentor, and send. So we want to make sure that you're connected to Jesus, right, because it's all about him. So make sure he's the Lord and Savior of your life, and then get connected to a life group. Life groups are places where we as disciples share life together. And so we're starting a new quarter right now. This week starts a new quarter. What I want to do, something special, is invite all of our life group leaders to come up. Join me up here at the front. Please come on, give it up for all of our life group leaders. Awesome. Just line up right in order. And I want Adam to take over from here. Amen. If we can have the life groups line up from ministry base, so from King's Kids all the way down to activity base. So life group leaders, make sure that you're in order. And we're going to make this very simple. If you're here this Sunday, you've come to a great, wonderful service because we get the opportunity to tell you the things that we do throughout the week. You know, it's one thing when you come to church, oh, that's my church. But we're proud of the fact that we have life groups. And these are places where everyone and anyone can come. And today we're going to go ahead and describe them for you. As they're coming up here and getting an order, I want to turn your attention uh, to the web page. We have a web page that so makes it easier to find. If you can't get in hold of a life group leader, go to mpichurch.org. And we're going to do that on the screen for you guys so you can see it. mpichurch.org and click on life groups. And when you click on life groups, here we go. Click on life groups. There it is. Do interactive here. We click on life groups and it opens up. It's taking a little, it's loading, it's loading. Life groups connect. And so you have all the life groups that go on throughout the week. And what we want to do here, we have our leaders represented. And they're going to take the time to share individually each one what their life group caters for. And we're going to start off first with ministry-based. If you're looking to read the Bible and if you're wanting to say, man, I want to grow because I just love Jesus. I want to get into the word. Let me step in front because I kind of like can't see when I get to Berto. If you want to grow in, in, your, in your word and you want to say, man, I want Jesus, I want the Bible, I want to have a good um, fellowship and devotional life, hit up one of these uh, ministry-based life groups. And we actually have one for all ages, so we'll start with King's Kids. Let's give it up for King's Kids. Hello, everyone. My name is Jessica. I'm a deacon here at MPI, and I'm introducing the children's ministry, King's Kids. We have it every Wednesday. We meet at 6.30. Please bring your children. We meet here and we teach them about God, how to grow in the Lord. They memorize scripture. They learn how to pray. And, you know, we just teach them, important to them, how to live a godly life, you know. And um, actually, we have a family fun night every last month. And this month, we're having a game night. So 
It's the last Wednesday. It's a game night. We're going to be outside. We're going to have a water, ba water balloons. We're going to have contests, face painting for them. So it's fun. So come on out and join us. That's it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm Pastor Berto, Priscilla's husband here. Amen. Uh, we host the uh, adult Bible study at our place. For those that attend the Bible study, can I get a whoop, whoop? Whoop, whoop. Amen. It's a time to uh, get into God's word, prayer, worship, and just hang out and be family together. And it's always a great time every Friday night uh, at 7 p.m. We live right by uh, Austin and Lawrence area around there. Or if you guys want to get more familiar, uh, by Wright College area, right between, right between those two borders right there. So anybody lives in the neighborhood or you don't live in the neighborhood, please come on by. We want to see you guys come to our, our Bible study. We have child care provided as well. So if you have children... You know, you can't come because you have your two-year-old, your five-year-old. It's no excuse. We'll take care of them, okay? So we have our son's room, you know, just all the toys in there. Just bring them through, and we're going to have a good time of fellowship and, and, the, and the word of God as well. The last Friday of the month, we always get into a fellowship time. So everybody brings in their snack and their treat, and then we just have a great time of, of feasting, eating together, and, and just just enjoying what God intended for us to enjoy. Like it says in Acts 2.42, you know, that... You know, the believers should always, you know, be having things in common and breaking bread and praying and so forth. So please come on by. Join us. It's always a joy. We want to see everybody there right here. Everybody, come. Will you guys fit in our house? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm Pastor Deanna from um, the Evangelism Life Group. Every Saturday at 5 o'clock, we are meeting here to pray and going out to preach the gospel all over the streets of Chicago. And this month, you know, we're hitting up the park districts. We've been to um, so many different parks. Last week we went to Portage Park. There's one man specifically that we spoke to. You know, he, he's coming from Florida and he's in Chicago. Used to live in Chicago, but got in trouble here. And so he's coming from his, mo his mom and his dad. And uh, me and Rudy got to speak with him, you know, pour into his life. Dude, God gave us such specific words to tell him, you know, that Jesus loves him. God is with him somewhere along the way. You lost it. God's trying to give it to you. I mean, he was holding tears back the whole time. Um, by the end of the prayer that Rudy prayed for him, dude, he was crying. And, I mean, literally, it is amazing to see how God moves in someone's life right in front of you. And he's calling all of us to go. So if you want to learn, if you've never done it before, evangelize, shared your faith, or you're dwindling and, and you lost the fire, come every Saturday at 5 p.m. We're meeting here, all right? And uh, we have our Facebook page. There's so many things to do next week. We're doing the Taste of Chicago. So come on out. Yes. Um, in behalf of Pastor Jared, I'm standing in the sidewalk counseling uh, every second week of the month between 9 o'clock to until 12. What we do is we are there to, we believe that abortion is a sin and it is detestable in the eyes of God. And we are there to save thousands of women and babies to come to abortion which they think that abortion is the only option and that no one would help them. So come and join us and save more women and those people working there who did not know Jesus and who are hurting themselves. We are there every second week of the month and challenge them. It's not, this is not going to be fun, but it's a challenging but the most rewarding ministry. Amen. Come and join us. Amen.
And then just one quick little tidbit, as each one comes around and shares their life group and, and ministries, we also have the Facebook page, because some of you guys, it's easier to follow us on Facebook. We have their Facebook page. Each single life group here has a Facebook page, so click them out. And now we have the special needs base coming on up. And so what we decided as a church, we looked at our congregation, we looked at the demographic, and we try to say, man, you know, what's going on in our church? I mean, there's a lot of single men in the church, and Ishmael's going to come and share that, and Lauren's going to share hers. I mean, as the church grows I mean we're gonna have so many more dynamics but right now we have the two I mean just think about it we can have a life group fishermen for Jesus you know right now we're gonna have these next special uh, special needs based life groups coming up so let's give it up for Lauren amen my name is pastor Lauren and like he said I'm in charge of the single moms life group we meet every other Sunday the first Sunday for this quarter will be next week July 13th the address is on your flyer we would love for you to come out and just fellowship with the other single moms, the other women in the life group that are now married. They come as single, they leave married. So hey, if you if you want to come, <laughs> be a part of our life group. I can promise you that you will find a husband in Jesus Christ. I can't promise you a husband, but he will become your husband. Um, so come and join us. Be a part of what God is doing, and see and and just see how God is going to change your life. Amen. What's up? My name is Ishmael, and single man, make some noise. If you're an unmarried man, just raise your hand. There they are, ladies. Just take a look. Unmarried men, single men, we meet twice a month. The address is on the flyer here. We're going to have some awesome times. We, have, we get in our word. We just devour that thing, the Bible. And then we, we're going to have activities once a month now. So we're going to go frisbee golf. We're going to go shooting guns. And uh, we're going to go fishing. So please uh, grab a flyer. If, you're, if you check out the, web, uh, the, the Facebook page, can you scroll up to how many, how many likes we have? Can you find that? Okay, that's bleak. All right. So you need to go to Facebook and like the, the uh, men's, uh, single men's life group page. Thank you very much. If you have any questions, you can talk to me. But otherwise, here we go. Here's a flyer. Come on, let's give it up. Let's give it up for the single men. Just quick question for the single women. It's only single women, not single men. It's kind of just... Single moms, okay, perfect, amen, awkward, let's move on. No single men, so men, don't try to the single moms, I'm just going to hit it up, maybe afterwards, some fellowship, hey. Okay, activity basically is perfectly into it. If you are single, if you're married, or if you just like to have a good time, we have an activities-based life group that we get to do and have fun as a church, because church, you can have fun, it's okay to smile. Look to your neighbor and smile. If it's forced, just force it, just smile, Amen. And then you're going to start laughing and giggling on the inside because that's just fun. Okay, we believe as a church you can have fun. Amen. And so we have activity life groups that are going to come and share exactly what they're about when they meet. So let's give it up for Salvador. Come on. Thank you. Uh, my name is Salvador. Like he said, uh, um, this is my wife, Jessica. We're inviting you guys, all the, mar the marriage uh, uh, people here. We are honored to uh, this quarter to start a new live group. So we're starting and we're gonna keep a, a activity base. For this month, we're gonna go to, we're gonna have a picnic. We're going to the, to the uh, uh, we're gonna go out, have a picnic, have the chocolate covered uh, strawberries and all that stuff. So it's a good time, you know, a good time to, to spend time with you, 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 your spouse if you want that free time with him. If you wanna fellowship with the rest of the married people, you can do that also. So like us on Facebook, check us out and, um, Amen. Awesome. Hey guys, what's up? My name is Ellie. This is my beautiful wife, Leilani, and we lead the Youth Life Group. 
And it is an awesome place, an awesome time to get to just hang out and create memories. Everybody say memories. We want to make some late summer memories up in this joint, man. So, you know, we meet at the church. It's on Saturdays. We have a few different dates for the upcoming uh, trimester. So just like us on, fake, on Facebook and just check us out because we want to have fun with the youth of this church. Amen? Hi, I'm Cynthia. I'm part of the... <laughs> Part of thanks. <laughs> I'm part of the adult fun and fellowship group. Um, this for the next few weeks we're doing um, picnic at the park at Wells Park. We're gonna meet there every time at 3 p.m. and it's every first Sunday. So come on out, just join us. We're gonna have some fun time. Sometimes there's food, but we're gonna do just have a good time. You know, especially if you guys are in the church and like, well, I want to hang out with people in the church. You know, it's the best time to do that um, right after church. So it's not like you have to wait at 7 p.m. and come back all the way this way. So join us for a good time, just to laugh, have some fun, play some games. Awesome. Well, let's just give it up for all of our wonderful life group leaders. Thank you so much. You guys can make your way back. As they do, just some quick reminders. I'm repeating it again. MPIChurch.org. Click on the life groups. Like us on Facebook. We're all out. Ask some of the life group leaders. You've seen them today. But we're so thankful for men and women that have stepped up to the call and are just fellowship and love on each other. Amen. Come on. All right. So you guys got that? Connect. We want to make sure you get connected to one of the life groups. So please, if you have any more questions, like you said, check the Facebook page. Talk to myself, and I'll get help you get connected in the right direction or headed in the right direction. And so after you get connected, this is what we're about, discipleship. We want to make sure that you get mentored. Someone wants to teach you about Jesus Christ. So one-on-one -on -one with somebody else, just privately, you and them, taking this journey together, them helping you, encouraging you, correcting you in uh, on, on your walk with God. So you get connected to one of the life group leaders here. And then after you do the one-on-one, -on -one, you go on to the 201 class, Disciples Making Disciples. Why? Because God wants to use you. Your life is important in the eyes of God, and he wants to use you to go out and impact the world around you. So it's all about discipleship. Say discipleship. discipleship. Connect, mentor, and send. And we have a goal. Somebody say goal. 100,000 disciples here in the city of Chicago, 50 churches here, and 500 all around the world. Come on, give him some praise. Come on, because he's going to do it, right? Amen. Now it's time to prepare to give our tithes and offerings. Please turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 9.15. 2 Corinthians 9.15. We are on lesson number 13 out of the Disciples Giving Book. Giving book. Offerings imitate God's generosity. Our offerings imitate God's generosity. We know that 10% of our total income is our tithe. Anything that we give after that becomes a gift. That is an offering. You choose where that gift goes here at the church. Where do you want your money to go to? God, I have this money. You've put it on my heart. I want to give it. Do I want to give it to the building fund? Do I want to give it towards missions? We're taking a missions trip, right? So you decide on that envelope that you receive. So if you're with me in 2 Corinthians 9.15, let's read. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. What is his indescribable gift? 
Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't God give good gifts to his children? He gave the best gift, which was Jesus, salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we are to imitate our God. So here's the, the first point. Thanks be to God. Everyone in the entire world needs to offer praise to God because he is the source of everything good in our lives. For example, God has given us the ability to live, to think, and be productive in business. So we are to be thankful. That's why we worship him. Everything we do is about him and because of him. So we ought to be, give him some thanksgiving. Number two, indescribable gift. The greatest gift that God the Father has given us is his son, Jesus Christ. As a result, the Father is the greatest gift giver in the universe. We can't top that, right? We can't top that gift. And number three, imitate God's generosity. All Christians should be compelled to live lives of generosity because they understand that the God we serve is a great, big, generous giver. 3 John 1.11 says, Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Amen. Do you guys want to do what is good? You want to give good gifts like your heavenly father? Amen. I know I do. So please stand to your feet with me this morning as we get ready to come up and give. In summary, be an imitator of God by being a generous giver. I don't want to be a stingy giver. I don't want to give under compulsion. I want to be generous and give because I know that I'm imitating my Father in heaven. Amen. If you want this to be you, you say, I want that in my life. I want to be obedient to this. Number one, start by being a faithful tither. Amen. Give your 10% that God has called you to give. Number two, praise God for all that he has given you. Start counting your blessings. You think, I don't have enough. I don't have enough to share with others. Start praising him for what you have right now in this season. And you'll start seeing that you have more than what you really think you have. And number three, imitate God in all that you do. Amen? Let's confess this together on the count of three. Uh, this is our confession that we're going to say over our offerings. One, two, three. The offering is a gift to God after the tithe and is given in a variety of ways. God said it should be a generous seed given with a cheerful heart from personal sacrifice. Offerings will always bring thanksgiving to God because they go towards charity and ministry supplies. We give offerings in obedience to God's word, sharing with others our blessings with a gracious heart by imitating Jesus and revealing where our treasures really is. Amen. This morning, if you're ready to give your tithe and offering, just remember tithe goes towards the general fund, paying the bills, paying the light, the, the internet, utilities, all of that good stuff comes from your tithe. Anything you give after that, uh, once again, you decide where do you want it to go, to the building fund or towards the missions offerings, right? We're taking a trip to the Philippines at the end of 2014 and we're raising $20,000 and guys we're more than halfway there we've raised $11,325 thank you thank you thank you for your giving this is what we have left to give $8,675 you guys think we can do it Come on, we have a church of givers. Thank you. So last month, this is what we raised, $1,714 in the month of May. Thank you, and thank God, because he's making a way for us to go there. Amen. Let's recite this scripture together. 
Acts 20, 35, the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're a good God. We thank you that every gift, dear God, every good gift comes from you. The God, the Father of heavenly lights, dear God, we put our eyes on you, dear God. We put our faith and trust in you, dear God, that you are greater than any situation we may be facing, dear God. So I pray blessings upon your people, dear God, and I pray for hearts of generosity all around this room that we might be a blessing, dear God, not only in our church, not only in our community, but all around the world, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for your giving and come up as you give. Amen. If you love Jesus, can I get a hallelujah? Amen. Welcome, welcome to the house of prayer. We are going to do an awesome lesson today on our sermon series, Sermon on the Mount. So open up your Bibles with me to uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7. Lilani's going to get on the keys because today is about prayer and we're going to demonstrate prayer. Are you all ready to do this? Some of y'all getting nervous right now. You're thinking I'm going to call on you. Well, you're right. You should be. No, I'm just kidding. No, but we are going to pray. We're actually going to be setting up a mic in just a little bit, this mic right here on the floor, and we're going to open it up for a prayer meeting in church. So I'm, I am getting you ready, but I'm not going to call on you, okay? So if you don't want to pray, that's totally up to you. Uh, but open up your Bibles, Matthew 7, verse 7. So glad that you're here. We've been going through a sermon series, Sermon on the Mount. Let's just go through the introduction. If you're new or visiting, let me show you what's going on. Sermon on the Mount is the longest portion of Jesus' teachings found in Matthew 5 and 7. I want to give them the sermon terms, please. So we've been going chapter by chapter through this famous sermon. And we're already at the last chapter, chapter 7, and today we're going to learn a very important principle about ask, seek, and knock. And it's all about kingdom basics. Everybody say kingdom basics. That's why today we've got to demonstrate it because if I just teach you about prayer and then we don't pray, did I really do my part? No, when we, if you remember when we did the Our Father prayer, we practiced it together as a congregation. So that was really the basics of how we pray. But now I'm going to teach you when to pray and not to give up when you pray. So it's going to tie right in. Number two, we're talking to disciples. Disciples are born-again followers of Jesus. That's who his sermon was directed towards. So when he was doing the Sermon on the Mount, who was he talking to? Disciples, exactly. And then number three, kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, which refers to the same place because God is in heaven. It's the active rule and reign of Jesus Christ upon the earth now in our hearts 
and one day upon the earth as a king. How many believe Jesus is going to rule and reign as king? Okay, so that's the sermon series we've been in. We've gone through all of the ones previously to this, the Beatitudes, salt and light, the Lord's Prayer, loving our enemies, all these wonderful things. Now today, look at what we're going to learn. Matthew 7, verse 7. If you're there, can I hear you say I'm there? Awesome. And thank you, Leelani, if I didn't say thank you for being there. You look comfortable, by the way. Let's give it up for Leelani up there. She's going to make a sweet presence of the Lord on the keyboard. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. The door will be open to you for everyone. Someone say everyone. Thank you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. How many believe that this morning? So if we believe that, we should have some asking going on today. If you believe that you're going to receive from God what you ask, when I talk about opening up this mic so we can pray, because I know some of you want to pray privately, but I want you to pray publicly, and, it's, and there's going to be a lot of people praying, you know, so you don't be nervous if you don't have the right words, terminology. We just want to give you a chance to pray in church. Is that okay if you pray in church? Amen. Because I believe if I ask, I'll receive. If I knock, that door will be open. And if I seek, I'll find. Man, I'm excited that Jesus said we could do this. Now listen to the example he gives us in verse 9. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Any parents here? Right? Would you do that? If your parent, if you're a child, uh, if your child as a parent comes to you and says, I'm hungry, do you give him a snake or a stone? Of course not. Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who seek him? How many believe we got a good heavenly Father? Do you believe that God cares about you this morning? That he's actually interested in your day? That God really doesn't want you to be here for a show. Even if I didn't have you pray on the mic, but he really didn't want you here for a show. He wanted you to participate in a relationship with him. Like, did you believe that this morning when you came? Or did you just think, you know, like a lot of people went to 4th of July shows. Is is Sunday just a show? Like, I'm going to hear them clap and sing. Then somebody's going to talk to me, you know, whatever. Is that how you thought about it or or was it, I'm going to come fellowship with God today. I'm going to come hang out with Jesus. I'm going to sing songs to Jesus. And as I worship Jesus, he'll be there in my midst and encourage me. I mean, is that what you're thinking? I'm going to pray to Jesus and Jesus will hear me. That's how we should come to church, right? Now look at verse 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. That's the golden rule right there. Let's get to an interpretation just so you don't think it's my way of looking at it. The notes are always online. Here it is. Everybody say, ask, seek, and knock. Thank you. In those verses 7 and 8, he says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be answered. He makes a promise to us. And here is the interesting part about this. In the Greek, the words ask, seek, and knock are in the present tense, which means they have a continual ask or a continual motion about them. They're a continuing verb. And the New Living Translation that keeps things really simple, listen to how they translate it. 
Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Does anybody get encouraged when you hear that? Come on. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. So there's a little nuance there in the Greek that we may skip over in the English, but that's what Jesus is saying. He's not saying just knock once and then run away and leave like ding-dong ditch, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm going to run away. No, Jesus says keep asking, keep seeking. Come on, keep coming after him, keep knocking. Keep going after God and believe that he loves you. He loves you. He wants to be with you. He is saying this to you because of relationship. Prayer isn't torture. Prayer isn't to the mother of Guadalupe. Prayer is to our Heavenly Father through our Savior Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's a communion with God, and there's nothing like it. You can talk just as you are. You can bear your heart just as you are. And he's saying to you, just keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and believe that I'm not going to give you a snake. Believe that I'm not going to give you a stone. I'm a good father. That's what he's teaching us. Look to the parable he gives us in Luke 18. Jesus gives us a parable about persistent prayer. We know that whenever we see the Gospels, They're like surround sound. So Jesus is never going to contradict himself. He's going to compliment himself in other passages. And the writers of these different Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're picking out the parts that the Lord put on their heart to write. And so when you read them all together as one, it's like a quadiphonic sound system. The two in the front and the two in the back and a little bass. Are you all tracking? Anybody like sound up in this place? That's what it's like when you read the Gospels. So listen to what he now says in Luke 18, a parable that complements what he said in Matthew about asking, seeking, and knocking. Look at Luke 18, 1 verse 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always what? They should always and never. They should always and never. One more time. They should always pray and never give up. He said, I'm going to teach you guys a principle about this asking, seeking, and knocking. Something that you'll get inside your heart so you'll never give up. And you'll always pray. Now, if I was to be real right now and ask every one of you personally, are there things in your life that you've given up prayer on? You'd have to be honest and say, yeah, I've given up. Some of you, maybe it's your family. It's like, yeah, I keep praying they're coming to church. I keep praying that God's going to change their life. I keep praying that something's going to happen. But I don't pray like I used to. I stop. Because I don't see anything happening. And I don't know if God hears me anymore. So he knows. And we just throw off prayer like that onto God's sovereignty. Well, he knows. And he's so big and strong. Whatever he want to do it, he'll just do it. He don't need me to keep talking to him about it. And we're missing this parable. We're missing this aspect. We're missing the real purpose of prayer. It's not just about receiving gifts. It's about the gift giver. It's not just about getting things from his hand. It's about seeing his face. Prayer is not just about provision. Prayer is about a person. 
I want to say that again. Prayer is not just about provision and the things you need. It's about a person named Jesus who tore the veil of the temple through his flesh so that there could be a way to the Father through him. That is the privilege. That's what he's doing. He's restoring us to a relationship that we used to have in the garden before sin that he had to die for. And he is saying, will you commune with me? He's saying, will you pour out your heart to me? Will you let me know what's important to you? And I'll let you know mine. Keep on praying and never give up. And look at what he tells. This parable's awesome. It's called the parable of the persistent widow. He said in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Is there anybody here that's fighting an enemy in life? Some of y'all don't know. About two of you got your hands raised. Every one of you got an enemy. He's the devil. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Some of you already knocked out cold on the mat, don't even know you're supposed to be up fighting. I asked you, how many of you got an enemy in life? How many of you got an adversary that wants to stop your blessings from God, stop your Christian walk, to stop your marriage, stop your finances, to bring confusion in your life, to bring down your city? How many of you got an adversary? All of you got an adversary. Some of you all don't know you got one. You joined his side. Let's be real. Not everybody here is saved. Not everybody here is born again. I'm not fooled by that. Some of you have already given up and joined his side, just like they did in Nazi Germany. Well, he's too big and too strong. Hitler's too all of this and that. I might as well just join on the other side. You know, there's too much stuff coming on the media now. It's talking about homosexuality this and homosexuality this. And there's too much stuff coming now about having sex before marriage. And there's too much stuff coming down about this. I might as well just join this flow. I don't want to go against the stream. But you see, this widow wanted to go against the stream. She wanted to fight for justice. And she knew it wasn't going to be with her physical hands and a weapon. She knew she had to go to a king who had the authority to solve her problems. And you and I need to wake up. It's not about Oprah Winfrey. It's not about Obama. It's about going to our King of Kings and Lord of Lords, asking him to rend the heavens and come down. God can do things in your life, in your community, that you have never seen nor heard before. I heard a silly story, but it made a great point, so I'm going to share it with you. There's a man that goes up to heaven, and the angel is taking him down to the corridors, walking him to the throne room of God, and he sees all of these rooms. Just a story, but it makes a good point. Listen, he sees all of these rooms, and he's like, angel, what are these rooms? He said, oh, don't worry about that. And as he starts walking, he starts looking, and he starts seeing people's names are on those rooms. And he's like, why are these names on these rooms? They look like storage rooms. Angel's like, don't worry about that. Let's just go. Let's just go. Finally, he's walking by. He sees a storage room with his name on it. He goes, come on now, Angel. We got to stop. We got to talk about this. My name is on this room. He said, no, you don't want to see that. He said, no, you don't want to go in there. Let's just keep going. Let's just go to the throne. He said, no, I got to see this. He walks into the room and sees packages all with his name on it. And the room just is like endless with wall-to-wall packages with his name on it. And he says to the angel, why are all these packages here with my name on them? 
the angel said, these were all the things God promised to give you. But you never had faith to ask, never had the perseverance to receive, and they just remained up here. I told you you didn't want to see this room. You may say, that's a silly story, and that is true. It's not doctrinally correct. But it reminds me of something that D.L. Moody said. We have yet to see someone on this planet who has yet tapped into the power of God to its fullness. We're walking around here like beggars and paupers, wondering if God can just give us a crumb from the table. And he said, we've been blessed in heavenly places with all spiritual blessings. He said that we could do all things through him who gives us strength. He told us that greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. And we're walking around here with no victory. Our families suffer the same way the world family suffers. We have no victory. And this woman said, I got to fight for this. Jesus said, let me tell you a parable about a widow who kept going to a king saying, grant me justice from my adversary. For some time he refused. But he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out and come attack me. Is anybody that determined in life? Now watch what Jesus said, because obviously this is not a good kind of judge, a good kind of leader. The Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Listen to what this sinner says. And now, will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Everybody say quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find, will he find, will he find faith? on the earth oh my friends we don't have lack because heaven lacks today we have lack because we lack faith we don't lack justice in chicago over 20 shootings over this holiday weekend we don't lack justice in chicago because there's a god in heaven who doesn't care we lack justice in chicago because there's christians who don't have faith to believe and keep asking and keep asking and keep asking until god arrests the hearts of gangbangers and turns them from the inside out right side up and sets their hearts on fire See, I still believe the solution for this city, your life, your marriage, my family, my community, comes only from God. I'm thankful for a job. I'm thankful for a house. I'm thankful that you're here today. But my friends, if we don't have faith and persist in prayer, we won't see what God has for us. Go back to the notes, please. Ask, seek, knock. He's teaching us to keep praying and not giving up. He gives us the example of an evil father knowing how to give good gifts to his children. He gives us a parable about a wicked judge who knows how to answer a persistent widow. And he's saying, aren't I better than that? He's saying, aren't I better than some bum of a dad? At least he knows not to give a snake or a rock. He says, aren't I a better judge? Than some wicked, corrupted leader that I know how to give justice to my people? So the question is, do you believe God is a good God? Because if you don't believe that, that's, that's going to stop you from praying. If, if you get your, your terms switched up, 
between who is your adversary and who is your savior, you'll start being bitter towards God. Well, God didn't do this for me and God didn't do that. You'll start thinking God's the devil. You'll start blaming him for your problems. You'll start saying he doesn't care. Why? Because you don't know who your God is. You've gotten confused. Understand today, God is a father to those who repent and are born again. That's who he's talking to as Christians, disciples of Christ. And he is saying, I care for my children. Can you believe that today? Number two, sons get, sons get bread and fish, not stones or snakes. Jesus clearly teaches us that there's a reward to prayer. And so often we see the wickedness in the world. Someone like an Oprah Winfrey and we go, well, she don't go to the church I go. Dude, she doesn't pray like how I was taught to pray. I know she's not faithful to God in keeping his commands. Well, why does she have all of these things in her life? If I can be rich like Bill Gates without God, then why do I need God? But that's not even the biggest question. The biggest question isn't why do evil people succeed in life and sometimes good people suffer. The biggest question is why is there even a God who cares about these creatures called human beings? Why? Why did God ever even put us here with the ability to do the things that we do? So when I look at Oprah Winfrey, sure she can make wealth. Sure she can do these things and break God's commands. Why? Because I understand God gave her those things. But the bigger question is, why did God give man the ability to succeed and have dominion over this earth and to have inventions and wisdom? Why did God do that? Why didn't God leave you mindless like an animal? Leave you mindless like a gorilla. You think a gorilla today is thinking about whether or not there's going to be an afterlife, whether or not there's a purpose to their life? Why didn't God leave you mindless like an animal? Why did God give you a soul to begin with? For relationship. So if you see wicked people prosper... It's not because they've gotten around God's ways of doing things. No, they're prospering by the ability God gave them. And whether or not they now commune with God and get the deeper things than just pennies, nickels, and dimes, that's between them and their Savior. But I'm asking you today, if all God did was give you a million dollars and you'd say, I'm done talking to you, is that how your heart is? Because if that's the way it is, you don't want God, you just want a thing. You just want an idol. Some of you come to church because you have problems. Well, what if you didn't have problems like that anymore? What if your marriage was okay? You know, what if you had your job? Would you not be here today? Well, if that's your heart, then you don't want a God. You want an idol. You don't call it Buddha or Krishna. You call it your 401K. You call it by your husband or wife's name. You call that idol by your children's name. All I want is a good family. All I want is them to have more than I ever had. Is that too much to ask? It is too much to ask if you put that before God. My children don't come before God. My marriage doesn't come before God. That's me taking the gifts and putting them above the giver. What if I gave my child a video game and all they did was play that video game and they never talked to me anymore and they never had anything to do with me anymore? I would say, I didn't give you that video game to take my place in your life. 
I gave you that to show you I love you and to draw you closer to me, not to draw you further from me. So children get blessings from their father, not because they're seeking the gifts, but because they're seeking the gift giver. Lastly, it almost seems like Jesus just throws it in there half-heartedly or hazardly. He gives the golden rule after ask, seek, knock. And if there's a father that knows how to give bread and, and, and fish, you know, how much more so will your father in heaven? And do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It almost seems like it doesn't fit in the passage. Put it up the passage, please. It, it just almost seems like why is the golden rule thrown in in a passage about ask, seeking, and knocking? Like, where does that come from? I don't know if you caught that. I'm going to read it just so you can hear. It sounds strange almost. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if you have a son, ask for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a steak? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give gifts to those who give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do unto others as you to have them do unto you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Hold on. Why is that golden rule sticking out right there in the middle of prayer? We're not talking about enemies or feeding the poor or just, you know, I have to forgive enemies, I have to take care of the poor. Why all of a sudden does Jesus just say, so, so, after saying all that, so, in everything, do unto others as you want done unto you. Why? It's the same principle of what he gives in the Lord's Prayer. Give us our daily bread. You see, what he's saying is everything I give you just ain't for you. It's got to go through you to others. You're not going to sit here and receive all of my blessings and keep them to yourself. You see, he's speaking to that person that thinks because they're a self-made man, self-made woman, that they don't need to help nobody now. They don't need to take care of anybody. They can just do it all. See, he's saying you didn't do it on your own. Even if you don't recognize me in prayer, he's still saying you didn't do it on your own. You didn't breathe on your own. Did you invent air? Did you invent brain cells? How about blood cells? Did you invent your heart, young people, that pumps blood through your veins? Did you create the soul within your body in your mother's womb, according to Psalms 139, that is fearfully and wonderfully made in the Imago Dei, the image of God? What's the best we can do? We can make a robot pour water in a glass. We can make a computer. We have never come close to what God has done. So I want to ask you, when you start talking to God, are you coming just for you? Or are you coming for others? Well, Pastor, I'm going to come for my four and no more. I'm going to pray for, for my child and my, man, my mama and my auntie. And the, no. Do you pray for your enemy? Do you pray for this city? Do you pray for people walking by this sidewalk right now? Are you saying, God, use me? When we go out to Humble Park, Boricua Fest, we're not just saying, okay, all the good people, we're going to give you something to eat. All the good children, we'll just paint your faces. No, we come there just like our Father does, and we give good gifts unto people. We become the answer to people's problems in this world. 
Sometimes people say back to me, well, well, if God always asks and he always answers, why is there suffering? Why are there people hungry in Africa? Why, why is there things going on in Syria and Iraq right now? And we all, all we have to do is do what? Just point to wicked people who are interfering in God's blessings. Do you know that Africa is a fertile land? Do you know that Ethiopia is a fertile land? No reason for starvation in Ethiopia. I've been to India, one of the poorest countries in the world. India is a beautiful, lush, fertile land. Why is there starving people there? Because wicked people selfishly take it from the poor and oppress them. They care only about themselves. Why has democracy worked here and not worked in Iraq? Because there's people with a false religion worshiping a demon god called Allah and they're putting those principles above the principles of the Bible and oppressing their own people. They could be a free nation right now. They could be living just like us right now. So the question is, after you got your blessings, after you got what God's given you, what are you going to do with it? That's where the golden rule comes in. See, I think Jesus is pretty awesome. He's the best communicator, isn't he? Amen. I'm just doing my best to try to speak like him today. But he's wanting to say to you through this, will you do for others what I've done for you? Let me give you an application, then we're going to pray. I preached a little longer than I wanted, but we got to pray today. Here's the application real quick. Pray without ceasing. Just get into the habit of talking to your father. You might say, Pastor, well, what if I don't get what I'm praying for? I'll tell you the first thing that you'll get is a relationship with God. And that's more important than your bucket of gas in your car, your gallon of gas. Are you all listening to me? That's more important than what you're getting from your job. So the first thing, if God never did anything out of prayer but except talk to you, that's enough right there. What you think talking to the God of the universe is boring? If you think it's boring, you haven't been praying. You've been talking to yourself. You're boring. You're unimpressive. Well, Pastor, I've tried that and I'm bored. You're boring. You're unimpressive. You don't have what the God I'm talking to has. I'm not talking to myself. We know how to talk to ourselves. That's a part of us being a soul as you communicate in your mind without words. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about communicating to God in heaven. So many scriptures to go with that. Don't have time to read them all. You may be encouraged by reading them later. Number two, make prayer about being with your father. So why do we pray? To be with our father. He's with us everywhere we go. But when I start talking to him, I start sensing his presence and then I start hearing his voice. Then I start receiving direction and wisdom. I start receiving guidance. And I would trade that for anything. Desire God's face, not his hand. Desire the giver, not the gift. And lastly, according to the golden rule, be a giver. Be a giver. And you will store treasures in heaven. 
The Bible says that when we receive these things that God's given us and we give them in his name, we are receiving treasures in heaven that will never fade away. Remember when we talked about that? That's also in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, don't store for yourself treasures here on earth. Store for yourselves treasure in heaven. Turn quickly with me to 1 John 3.16. And then we're going to close out and pray for the next 15 minutes. Now, some of y'all got a real close relationship with God, and you're going to want to have a 30-minute conversation with him on the mic. I'm going to ask you to make some room for the rest of everybody, okay? So I just want to let you know, when you come out, I want you to pray 30 to 60 seconds. Ask, seek, or knock up in this place. And let somebody else come up in here, because you know what what we're going to do? We're going to hear their prayers and say amen and agree to it. Amen? But I will encourage you to have a two-hour prayer life with God. Amen. You just don't have to have it on the mic. Some, some people are like, we got two extremes in the church. There's the people like, that are going to be real shy. Jesus, I just ask you to bless my family. And that's awesome, you know what I'm saying? And there, there's other people, dear Heavenly Father, I love you so much. And then like 30 minutes later, bless, bless the poodle next door, bless the dog, bless my neighbor's dog. Lord, you know. So we, we, just want to find a, we just want to find a prayer life right in the middle of that, okay? Just come up and ask, seek, or knock. And if you don't know what asking is, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you, okay? Does everybody know what it means to ask for something? I was going to say something sarcastic, but I felt the Lord, like, check me. Okay, so I'm not going to be sarcastic, but we know what it means to ask. How many know what it means to seek? Like, you're looking for something. How many know what it means to knock? Okay, I got some of the youth laughing over here. They're like, be sarcastic. We like it. We take it. Look at this scripture, 1 John 3.16. Let's all say John 3.16 together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now watch this. Same author, John. Same chapter and verse, 3.16, except it's a different book. 1 John, this is his other book that he wrote. And watch how it complements John 3.16. So God so loved the world, he gave his son, right? Now look at what it says. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. And we should so love Jesus that we give the world all that we have in our heart. And all the help that we can give. That's why we're here loving God and loving people. You'll know when to stop giving. You'll know when enough is enough. Like if you naked, stop giving away your clothes, right? But some people are like, oh, I don't want to give, you know, because pastor wants me to give all this stuff away. I won't have nothing. I mean, is that really what people think today? I mean, that's so crazy, but I've heard it. Well, if I give away all my money to the church, I won't have nothing for my family. Is that, is that what I said? No, I'm just saying do to others what you want done to you. Somebody at your work forgot their lunch. Get them a lunch. You can go without a lunch. Give them your lunch, right? Give them a ride. Someone needs encouragement. Give them encouragement. You can give encouragement. It's free, right? Look at this scripture. 
1 John 3.16 tells us that we should lay down our lives for others as Jesus has laid down his life for us. Verse 17, if anyone has material possessions, see, if you have it, God's not saying if you don't have it, go steal it to give it away. We're not trying to be Robin Hood up in the hood, amen? If you have material possessions and you see your brother or sister in need but have no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? That makes sense, right? So if you see somebody have need and you can do something about it and you don't, the love of God's not in you. That's what he says. Now look at verse 18. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with action and in truth. Can we all stand to our feet? Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Come on. Believe it today. Amen. Eddie Berto, would you come and help me set up this mic and move this out the way? We are now going to open up our time to ask, seek, and knock on heaven's door. You can come up and pray for anything you want as long as as it's what God would want you to have and do for others. So God, I ask you to bless me on my job. Why? Why do you want God to bless you on your job? God, so I can provide for my family and be a giver in my community, help support missions. See, when was the last time you prayed for a raise so that not only you could spend more, but you could give more? Hello? I'm just asking, I'm being very honest with you as a church right now. When was the last time you prayed for a raise, not so you could just spend more, but you could give more? Like you really cared about people in the Philippines. Like you really care about your church getting new carpet. Like you care about the van. Like you care about stuff in life other than just you. And you really want God to bless you. I'm going to tell you this last story, then we are going to pray. I remember my dad was telling me this as we were starting this church and I was like, Dad, you know, sometimes we need to ask people for stuff, you know, like raise money for the van or whatever. I said, I feel bad. You know, I wish I could just not talk about money because there's such a bad reputation about money, money, money in the church. And you know what my dad said to me? He said, Joe, don't ever take the offenses and faults of others and put them on yourself. He said, rise and stand by your own character. If that can't be said of you, then don't put that on you. That's not you. And then he told me this story. He said, I was a businessman invited by my pastor to sit around a room where they talked about building a Christian school in the community. He says, I was a young businessman. I just had been recently coming to church. And I heard the pastor talk about needing to raise, I don't remember the number, maybe it was 100000 And my dad said he sat around that room and he began to hear businessmen. There's just a few of them, maybe 10 of them in the room. He heard some businessmen just raise up their hand to the pastor. Pastor, I've got 25,000 for you. Another businessman raised up his hand. Pastor, I got 10,000. And my dad said, for the first time, he connected the two together. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. My dad said, I get it now. As a Christian, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Christian schools are built by Christian men and women who give. Transportation and buses, he drove the bus, was was brought by people who gave. You know what I'm saying? People who have homes bring in the homeless. You got two homeless people, ain't nobody bringing each other in except into their cardboard box, right? Both people got no food. How are you going to feed the hungry? Are you all with me? 
And he sat there that day, and he said, God, here's my covenant to you. I don't have much. I think he just said, I had, whatever, I'm going to give this, you know. But he said to the Lord, he said, God, from this day forward, I want to be like these businessmen. I want to seek first your kingdom, and I want you to bless my business to be a blessing. So it's not about money, but it's about seeking the kingdom. So as you come up and pray, when we pray for Chicago, what do we pray for? The violence to end and what to begin? Salvation to come. When you pray for your job, what are you praying for? For you to be blessed, to be a blessing. When you're praying for your sister, your brother to be saved, what are you praying for salvation to do? To transform their life and way of thinking and the family that they live in. We're asking God to do things according to the golden rule. So if anybody, one, two, wants to pray today for God to bless you, to be a blessing, and for our city to be changed, we're going to open up this mic. And let me just, let me just rebuke some of you right now. Shame on some of you for not wanting to do that. I just got to say it right now. Shame on some of you for not wanting to do this for the last 10 minutes of our service. You've been coming to church too long. You've been reading your Bible too long. You've been hearing preachers preach too long for you to sit in that chair when we open this up. I should have to throw some of you off the stage because this place gets piled up in a line in just a moment because some of you have been know, you know God has been so good to you that you have got to pray today for God to use you more and for God to save more and do more. You know he's been so good, you can't keep it in. And you don't care what people think about you because when you were in the club acting a fool or you were at that wedding doing the, the, the electric slide, you didn't care how dumb you look. Don't let the devil shame and embarrass you today. You didn't care what you looked like when you lit off fireworks till 3 in the morning with your neighbor's thought. You didn't care what people thought about you when you went to that Cubs game or whatever and kept screaming and hollering. Don't let shame hold you back. I want a church that prays according to the golden rule. Am I in the right place today? Whew, help me, Jesus. Because I'll, I'll drag them up here, Lord. <laughs> Jesus, you know I'm confessing that. Help me, Jesus. Let's pray to our Heavenly Father, God. God, I don't want to manipulate. I just want to stimulate. I just want to motivate people to pray God and never give up I ask that this congregation not only for these next 10 minutes would lift up their prayers for their job their city their nation their family God I pray not only for today but all throughout their lives Lord that this will be a transforming message that we understand that prayers about you it's about you God it's about what you want to do. It's about your plan. It's about your purpose. And you give us the honor of sharing in it with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can just start to make a line right here. Just start to make a line right here. Come on up. I'm going to turn around because I don't want anybody to think I'm pressuring them. Just line up that way, as far as loud down as you need to go. We're going to start praying. Just grab the mic and start to pray. Hallelujah, Lord. Jesus. Jesus, you are so good to us, God. Yes, Lord. We pray for this city of God. Serious sins, uh, this city is 
falling away from you, my Jesus. I pray, oh God, for, for revival, Lord. I pray for your Holy Spirit to take over, God. Father God, it seems that the most violent streets had a church in every corner, God. I pray for the church, for the bride to awake, oh God. I pray, oh God, to break those walls and walk the streets and preach your gospel, Lord. The salvation will be, oh God, in the streets, oh Lord. Break the chains in the city, God. Bring revival in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say amen to that prayer. Come on, it's a great prayer. Keep praying, saints. Yes, Lord Jesus, we just thank you, God, for all that you have blessed us with, God. You blessed us with your presence, God. You blessed us with your word. You blessed us with the ability to change lives, God. I pray, God, that you just fill us with that, God. Fill us to go out and do the impossible, to see the need, God, to see where there are people who are hurting and to really do something about it, God, to be thirsty, to do something about it, to look at every single thing that you've given, every every breath that we take, God, every bit of money that we have, every, every attribute that you've given us, God, let it be used for your glory, God. Let our lips speak praise, God. Let it... Let it pray unto you, God, and be ready to be an answer to a prayer. God, help us to run and look and look to those things. Your word says that we are your hands and feet, God. Let us be the hands and feet, God. Let us run to where you say run to. Let us give what you say give. Let us speak what you say speak. Let us think what you say think, God, because you have made us men and women of God, kings and queens. God, we receive that, Lord Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen to that. We believe, we believe. Keep praying, saints. Hallelujah, Father God. I pray for the youth of this city, Lord. Jesus. God, I yes. claim in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. God, you are more powerful, God. I ask them for God, for you, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Jesus. I ask for the high schools to get to know you, God, to open up their doors for the ministers to come to them, God, to preach the gospel there, God, for youth groups to be there, God. I pray, God, for more of you in these places, God. I pray for the youth to come out of the gangs, God, for them to stop being distracted with every little thing, God. I pray and claim it right now in Jesus. Jesus' name. Come on, say amen for the youth to be saved. Hallelujah. Father, Lord, I pray for direction. I pray that you equip us with yes. spirits of warriors, God. Yes. I pray that you, that you free us from the demon of oppression, of fear of rejection, yes, God. of things that might be holding us down, yes. things, feeling of unworthiness feeling of discouragement. God, Come I pray on. that you liberate Jesus. us so that we may be a blessing just as you are a blessing to us, God. Oh, I pray yes. that you give us strength and power and determination to just seek you wholeheartedly, God. Jesus. I pray for direction so that we can be a light and we can shine onto others as you've shined for us in the darkest points in our lives, God. I pray for strength. I just pray for your for you to touch every single one of us here so that we won't be afraid. We won't be afraid to reach out and try to touch other people with your Holy Spirit, God. I pray for strength and determination, God. Come on, somebody say amen for strength today. Amen. Keep praying, saints. God is listening. Father, we thank you for children. Jesus. God, we thank you for our children. I pray that you would bless oh, my bless wife and I with children. Yes. children, more children, so we can raise them up in the ways of the Lord. I thank you, God, for all the children in this in this church oh, and in their body. Jesus. I pray that the mothers and the fathers, husbands and wives, oh, will raise their children Jesus. up in the fear of the Lord. I pray for our Come city that we will not Jesus. see our children as a burden. We will not see our children as a burden, That's right. and as a blessing, That's right. and as a quiver. 
will see children as a blessing in this city and in this nation. Let it start in your church. In Jesus' name. Come on, say amen for children. No more abortion. Raising children because they're a blessing. Amen. Keep praying, saints. A few more. Let's do it. Heavenly Father, Lord God, God, I just pray for everyone in this in this church right now, in the physical building of the service, God. I pray for everyone who came today, God. I pray for the people who don't know you, God. I pray that, that you soften their hearts and that you would open their hearts to you, God. I thank you for salvation, Jesus. I thank you for dying on the cross. I thank you for everything that you did. I speak faith right now in the name of Jesus to everyone whose ears are open, God. I speak your word and your truth, God, and I ask that your light would shine forth in their life, that your fruit would come forth in their life in every area, God, that you would provide for them physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you in advance. Amen. Come on, say amen for salvation. God saving lives. Amen. Keep praying, saints. Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, I pray for boldness upon us, Father God. Yes. I pray that we will not be ashamed, Lord. Amen. Your word says, Romans 1, 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to all who believe. Lord, I pray that that will be etched into our hearts, Father God, that we will be the light in our jobs. Our, our, our home, Father God, and that people will see it and they will come and follow you, Lord. Father God, pray that you will soften our hearts, Lord. Show us the way, Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen for boldness, being a witness. Amen. Two more, two more. Father God, I just love Yes. You. My heart is for the backslide. Yes, Jesus. God, you've called my family many times. You have brought them once, twice, not three times, God, you have brought them. God, I just pray that they will give you their heart to you, God. That this time is for real, God. And I pray that you will not give up on them, God. We have not given up on them, God. We love them still, God. You love them still. So, God, right now, I lift up every backslider, God, that we know, that I know, God. And I pray that we as a church will not give up. We will have a persistent heart and keep praying for that backslider, God, and for the lost, God. In Jesus' name, you will do it. Come on, say amen for the backslider, prodigal son or daughter coming home. Amen. This is our last one. Then I'll tell you what we'll do after this last one. Go ahead and pray, whoever it is. forget where you have taken us from God that we always remain humble God that as we ask knock and seek Lord that when you bless us when you pour out the things that you've been wanting to give us and show us when you whisper to our hearts God we have that and we're so excited God that we never forget we never forget you and your love God and the things that you've done God Lord I just thank you right now, God. And I also ask that you forgive me and many others, God, for putting things before you, the things that you've blessed us with that we allow to occupy our time. God, I ask that you forgive us right now, God, and that we never forget what you've done. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus as we say amen to gratefulness. Amen. The rest of you, you may go back to your seat. Let's all stand up. Band, would you come? Altar workers, would you come? This is how we're going to close out.
we're going to close out praying. So if you didn't get a chance to pray on the mic, you can come up and pray with one of our altar workers just so they can agree with you because the Bible says two or more bring the presence of God. He says, there I am in the midst of you. Can I get an amen for that? Because maybe you didn't get time to pray, but we got time right now. So we're going to dismiss with worship. And if you did not get a chance to pray, find one of our elders and deacons and just grab a hold of them and say, I want you to agree with me for this today. Father, we thank you for this service today. As we prepare to leave out of this place, may we never leave your presence. May we always keep praying, asking, seeking, and knocking, knowing that you're a good Father and you will give to us all that we need. Thank you for this wonderful day in the country that we live in. Bless America today, God, with your presence through our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody shout it out. Amen. Give them one more hand clap, saints. Come on, we're thankful. For a good God. Amen. Slap your neighbor high five and say pray. Amen. You are dismissed to pray. Have a wonderful day.